Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Thursday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And our top story actually was down in Dinwiddie. It occurred late this morning uh, when 85 ended up getting um, tied down uh, and uh, had to be closed because of a charter bus accident. Uh, Jeff, what happened with this incident? And, and we've learned some additional information since we, we, we first uh, started reporting in regards to uh, where this bus was coming from. Yeah. Um, and it, it just to keep in mind, it's a small charter bus. It's not one of those big charter bus. And it's not definitely not like the party bus that was involved in that accident in Williamsburg, uh, yeah. late last year. Um, but uh, this is a small charter bus. Eleven people are on board. Unfortunately, all 11 were taken uh, to the hospital with injuries, uh, 10 passengers and a driver. Um, two of the people, at least two of the people, uh, were taken from the scene via helicopter with serious injuries. This happened on Interstate 85 near the McKenney exit. If you know where that is, it's mainly in, it's way out there in Dinwiddie, west, western Dinwiddie County, I think. Yes. Uh, southwestern Dinwiddie, if, but it's, it's, it's out there. Uh, but this, uh, as you mentioned, we've got some new information. This uh, uh, charter bus was carrying a bowling team from Delaware State. And they were on their way. I don't know where their destination was, but they're headed, I suppose, to North Carolina, at least for a bowling uh, game or tournament or whatever you call those match. things. Match. Frame. <laughs> Frame. Um, yeah. Split. Turkey. Spare. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it was uh, the good thing is there were no fatalities in this. It looks like uh, there aren't going to be state police uh had said that they were told that the the people who are the serious injuries are going to be okay. But uh, uh, at this point, it looks like everything, you know, the the injuries aren't life-threatening at this point. So just serious injuries. Right. And and, and I imagine this is every athlete, every parent's nightmare. Um, I mean, um, this was a lifetime ago. I mean, it was before the, these Delaware Delaware state state bowlers were probably even born. I was a college athlete and used to ride on small vans at all mm. hours of the days and, and day and night. Yeah. I clearly remember almost being run off a bridge at one point over a major U.S. river, um, you know, yeah. as, as we were driving to to an athletic event, you know, and they're driving all the time, all hours. People get yeah. drowsy, you know, long trips. Yeah. These things happen, especially in, 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 in athletic departments or on teams where you're not having the big revenue and the big planes and everything. Right. And we should, uh, we should say at this point that we don't know what caused this crash, um, whether it was some sort of driver error or driver misjudgment. We just don't know. Uh, I did, I did not mean to insinuate that. No, no, no. But I just reminded me that I did not say that, you know, we don't know the cause of this yet. And state police say that, uh, crash teams were out there today trying to reconstruct the crash to figure out what happened, whether there were any skid marks, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, but it was southbound 85. I don't think I mentioned that either, but it was yeah, right at the McKinney exit. But you hinted at it, given that you said they were heading to North Carolina. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless they were going the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Which is another 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 issue altogether. Right. Um, moving on from that, uh, General Assembly. Hey, if you're a Democrat and you uh, live in Henrico, Hanover, Richmond or Charles City, and that's areas of each of those, yeah. um, you have to vote on Sunday. Because we're already looking to replace Jennifer McClellan, who won that uh, won the fourth district congressional seat um, on uh, Tuesday. Right. Um, the Democrats want somebody in place by, um, well, possibly by the time they actually get a budget agreement. More importantly, by the veto session, right. um, they want want to want somebody in that that seat. Um, there are a couple candidates already uh, announced: Delegate Lamont Bagby, Delegate Don Adams. And Alexis Rogers, who is an activist, and I believe the fourth um, fourth district Democratic Party chairwoman, um, and she's also running for that that Senate seat. But there are going to be people voting on Sunday. Something to keep an eye out. And the reason I say Democrats and not necessarily Republicans is because Republicans didn't even challenge for that seat in 2019. It is heavily blue. It was uh, it was a Democrat and a Libertarian back in 2019. And also keep in mind if uh, you know. Uh, uh, Don Adams or Lamont Bagby win this seat, we'll have to have another special election. Yes. Although, although let, let me say, I wonder if they will, you know, depending on when that, uh, you know, when that occurs, Yeah. if it even makes sense to do that, or if the house will actually call a special session, given at that point, if they have a budget, have the veto session, which yeah. is more than likely by that point. Right. Um, if they'll even call a special election because you've got the general election where everybody's up for election. In November. Right, that's true. That's if that true. seat just sits yeah, vacant. I, yeah. I, I guess after the session's over until election day, it's not really needed that someone represents a certain district in the house or Senate. I mean, there are constituent services, obviously, sure. but I don't know that it, there is an, anything else be, beyond that, that, uh, yeah. you know, that would require there actually be, um, and I apologize. You may be hearing my phone ring in the background. We'll just, we'll just deal with it. A little. Um, <laughs> we assume it's not important. It is, it is not, it, it is, it is listed up as a spam call. So we're okay, not well, let's take it live on the air. The dis- disadvantage of doing podcasts from home is that we have that, that, that in the background, but, yeah. um, no, it, there are constituent services, but not necessarily, uh, you know, yeah. anything you would need to vote on. Now, of it's course, it's not like a House of Representative, like yeah. U.S. House of Representative that M- Jennifer McClellan was just uh, elected. Right, right. Now, of course, if there's no budget deal, different story. But, uh, you yeah. know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll let's not get ahead of ourselves there. Yeah. Um, also, um, big name retiring in the uh, in the state Senate, uh, Senate Majority Leader, uh, Dick Saslaw announcing his retirement today to show you how long he has been um, in the state Senate. I was one year old when he first served his first term and I am approaching AARP. (laughs) This comes a shock to probably nobody as probably the majority of our listeners, as long as they can remember, there's been a Dick Saslaw represented in the uh, General Assembly. Let, let me put it to you this way. He had 12 years on his next closest person in the state Senate. Who is the next closest? That would be Janet Howell, who I believe oh, okay. also may potentially be retiring uh, this year. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Isn't she also from Fairfax? She is also from Fairfax. So wow. Fairfax may be losing a lot of institutional knowledge because Ken Plum, a delegate who had been in there also since the 70s, yeah. um, 
is retiring this year. So a wow. lot of institutional odds. Redistricting moved a lot of people into different in, into different districts, tighter districts, and plus just people are are, are as uh, as Saslaw said, reach, reaching the end of their shelf life. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. So so um, there was an, a retirement announced yesterday, and this one is a very sad story. Um, Delegate uh, Mike Mullen announced he's he not was old at all. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's younger. He's yeah. younger than me. He's in his thirties. Um, yeah announced his retirement in part because he said he didn't want to run for re-election um, and he didn't want to miss his kids growing up. Now, I will say he was redistricted into a very GOP district, but he wanted he, he said he wanted to, to see his kids grow up. Yeah. Last night, his youngest child, who was only four months old, passed away. Um, very, very sad story. Uh, he received tributes from both sides on, on the House floor this morning. Um, yeah. We've got no further details. And they are asking for privacy. Um, so I imagine would. the rest of the story will come out at a later point. But yeah, as you would expect. Just, just sad that this he retired yesterday and, and, his, and his youngest died last night. Yes. And um, um, what Terry Kilgore said on the House floor today about how, you know, there's differences, but we all can come together. and, and yeah, it, I mean, he, he called it the House family. And truth be yeah, told, I've covered, the, I've covered the House of Delegates in the state Senate for 20 years. Yes, they argue a lot. And yes, it is less conge- uh, less uh, congenial than it was when I first started covering. Right. But there's a lot of friendliness, happiness behind the scenes. I mean, th- you could watch uh, one of the committee meetings, um, I think it was Monday this week, okay, where you had the most liberal African-American delegate sitting next to one of the most conservative Republican white delegates, female and male. Okay. Mm -hmm. And during the committee meeting, while they were waiting to go, they were cracking jokes the entire time. (laughs) I mean, they, they, I mean, they were egging each other on, you know, like, like, like normal colleagues would. So, I mean, and, and think uh, what you're just saying, you know, you're cracking jokes, you're at each other's back at each other's throat. Isn't that the definition of family? Exactly. Well, very, very much. I'm sure everybody's yeah. family has people yeah. who they don't see eye to eye no, with. There's no, right. But, you know, Absolutely. So, so but, but that's, you can also turn around and respect and, and crack jokes with each other. Exactly. Exactly. So again, sad, very sad, tragic story out, out of the house of delegates um, yeah. today. Um, Moving, moving on from there, um, and I'm trying to remember, you know, this is the point where in the podcast where I lose track of the stories that we were actually, actually um, covering. Well, um, we can talk about the, uh, uh, unfortunately, another fatal pedestrian accident. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and actually, yeah, this is two things out of Chesterfield. One, strange missing woman case yeah. out of Chesterfield, where we had a, a woman who was last seen by her family on, on uh, the 20th, which was um, Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday yeah. um, last seen by anyone on the 21st. And she was seen at the intersection of Hicks and Hall Street. And then a short time later, her car was found abandoned on Hall Street and she hasn't been seen since. Mm. Uh, this woman's name is Jennifer Prince. Um, and um, she's 31 years old, red hair, blue eyes. Um, thir- like I said, 31 years old, about 5'3", 110. Um, and, red hair. Right, yeah, right. red hair. And again, the police are looking for it. They're there. This is a strange case. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, in Chesterfield, there was a hit and run off, not a hit and run, a uh, hit pedestrian, excuse me. I don't yeah. want to, yeah, the driver driver did stay. Stand. let me stress that not a hit and run yeah. hit pedestrian on, uh, on uh, hundred road um, in Chesterfield. Yeah. And it's yet another pedestrian struck 
in the metro area? I didn't see the details, but I heard some reports earlier that this person may have been walking in the middle of the road. I have I have not seen that, but you know, while we're saying that, if you yeah, could just sort of, sort of sort of sort uh, of vamp for a second, so I could yeah. uh, take a look. Um, they said yes. The police say the pedestrian was ro- walking in the roadway, not necessarily in the middle of the road, but in the okay. roadway. In the and road this road. occurred around five a.m. So it was dark. It was dark. So again, you know, if you're going to be out in the road, out, out, out in the roads, not that this person was at fault for their own. own no, no. Uh, um, one, make sure you're wearing light, uh, you know, lit clothing, you know, have something that lights you up. If you can use a sidewalk, use a sidewalk if it's present there. Yeah. Obviously, that's a that's a concern because there are a lot of areas, especially in Chesterfield, where there aren't sidewalks. If you can wear clothing or any sort of thing that would have a reflective thing on it, that's even better. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, very, very, very helpful. And, and you know, it's just another un- unfortunate incident uh, that, that has occurred. A lot of these accidents, these pedestrian accidents have occurred in dark areas um, with no sidewalks. Um, yeah. And another aspect of this that I don't know if you mentioned or not, but this happened at five in the morning. The person didn't die right away. It was they were taken to the hospital or I think they just right. died recently. Right. But in the, in the same thing, you know, these all have very I'm noticing a lot of similarities between. Them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's not to blame anyone. There are just there are similarities, similar factors in all of yes. these. So um, moving on, look, going to Henrico um, Henrico announcing an effort to get more people back into their workforce, um, mm-hmm. perhaps some who were originally in their workforce. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting program uh, and kind of cool at that. Um just like any other business around, uh, some businesses are find it difficult to find qualified candidates to fill positions. And Henrico, especially in uh, various forms of their government uh, departments, uh, are feeling the same challenge, uh, especially uh, police and firefighters, um, also sheriff's department. 911 communicators and uh, uh, the mental health and developmental services field in the county government. So what they're doing is starting something called the Encore program, which would uh, address some of the challenges that those departments are having and finding qualified uh, applicants by uh, really kind of targeting recent county employee retirees and uh, hiring them back if they want to come back. And of course, you know, if a retiree wants to work again, uh, at least on a part-time basis, because this is the kind of position that can't exceed 29 hours per week or a certain amount of hours per year, uh, then they'll be rehired at the same rate that they, you know, the same hourly rate that they had when they retired rather than the, you know, probably the much lower, uh, you know, standard hiring rates would be. Uh, And so they're hoping that they can get a lot of interest and fill some of the critical needs in those public safety areas and also mental health areas, especially in the, uh, as it relates to the mental health and developmental services uh, area. Uh, for example, uh, Henrico Police Chief Eric English was there and said he would probably, uh, there could be many different areas where these people could be hired, but at least in the police division, he would use some of them to be relief uh, school resource officers who are very important, yeah. uh, especially with what's been going on in schools this year. 
No, ab- absolutely. And it's, and it's showing that people are having trouble hiring, hiring uh, staff everywhere. It's not, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not uh, just uh, menial jobs. It's, it's everything. And also to kind of pimp our website a little bit um, on our story uh, on this, there's a link to the open jobs where um, that perhaps uh, if any retiree is interested in looking into positions where they might want to be rehired. And, and my guess is that if, you know, if a retiree wants to get rehired, chances are they will. It's yeah. <laughs> it maybe a formality interview, but they would probably be hired. Understood. So just an example of where the job market is for a lot of, a lot of things uh, yep. today. So, um, but that basically is what we had for you today on this, on this Thursday. So, you know, a lot of stuff uh, tomorrow, last weekday of the general assembly session, Saturday, the last true day of the general assembly session. I'll at least keep an eye on, on both of those over the weekend. If anything breaks, anything weird happens, we'll make sure we're on that. And then Sunday is the firehouse primary. So we're going to have a busy uh, couple of days coming up. So, yeah. Yep. So, so for Jeff Stapleton, I'm news director, Matt Demling. This has been the Thursday evening edition of it's news to us. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 